Hi, I'm really excited to record today because I wanted to talk about the phrase speak life. I use the phrase speak life often. I'll put it as a tagline at the end of some of my writing. I will um, quickly say it to parents that I know. I'll maybe speak life or um, it's said often. It's one of um, the phrases I like to use when I'm encouraging people. And I also say to myself in my own head. Uh, it has a lot of significance for me. So when Rose was newborn, And I'm kind of trying to progress through these podcasts. It may work. It may not work. I don't have any hard and fast rules. Um, But something that I'm thinking I'm doing is I'm slowly progressing through her life. Um, So my last podcast, I talked about my pregnancy and her early birth. Um, And then this time, I want to speak a little bit about when she was first born. And that was when the phrase, speak life, um, came into my writing and came in something that calmed me. So I wanna share with you how I got there. So Rose was a tiny baby. I often call that time a neonate. Uh, She was definitely my child, my baby. I did not look at her and say, oh, I love my neonate. (laughs) But when I talk about that time, I often say neonate because that is a way I advocated for her. When I talk to new parents that are advocating for their baby, I tend to use that word because the medical world um, looks at children in stages and there's definitely the neonate stage and that would be the infant stage and the time for our children and many children, the time they're most fragile and do need intensive care unit. That's not everybody, but that's most um, kids. Some trisomy 18 children, 13 children may go home pretty strong and then later in life need the more intensive care. But for the most part, um, our little neonates, and Rose was one of them, need extensive care. Um, A lot of that's breath support, be it intubation or CPAP, um, high flow cannula, BiPAP, um, that, you know, it's just needed. So Rose was needing that. She was in something called the CBICU, which is a cardiovascular intensive care unit. She was there immediately after birth. Rose was there in about three weeks of life. It was apparent that her care was not the same as what we wanted. We had to be vigilant. We had to be on top of it daily, hourly, sometimes by the minute just to make sure that Rose was getting the same care that we felt she should get. Um, There was not a real clear line drawn, at least in what we experienced. So just to look at it, it seemed like maybe Rose was getting everything she could get. But when we actually knew our stuff and we were being rushed home, um, it was apparent that they weren't on the same page as us. So every single day we readdressed this issue that we were not going home until my daughter um, had heart repair. So one day <laughs> I was across the street at Ronald McDonald House. We were living there. It's just a crosswalk across from Radies. You just can step right across the street and go over to the hospital. Well, I was back at Ronald McDonald House with my children and I got a phone call and the phone call said it was a lady and she said to me you need to come now you need to come to the hospital now 
And I said, what happened? I can't come right now. I have my kids. I'm just waiting on my mom. We're going to eat lunch. Um, I can't come right now. What happened? And she said, you need to come now. You need to call your husband. You need to call whoever you need to call. Um, If you have a pastor, you need to call um, people that want to see her um, because she just had an episode. So I quickly asked, what are her numbers? What is her oxygen? What is her support? I ran through, you know, did she have chest compressions? Did she code? Um, I had I had a list of questions. Uh, it wasn't my first time getting a call like that. So um, she said to me, you just need to get here now. I don't even know if she'll make it. So I just had to walk across the street. So I had a woman watch my kids that I knew at Rainbow House. She played with um, my kids frequently with her own kids in the playroom. So I found her, gave my kids to her, and I ran, okay? So in the midst of running across the street, I um, throw this on Facebook. Like, I I just pray, pray now, pray now. Rose, Rose is, um, something's wrong, I'm going. Well, my friend Angela, um, she's amazing. She leads worship at our church. Uh, music. She, she's a singer. She was just kind of a brand new friend to me. We maybe had met once, but I had seen her sing at church for years. But she said this prayer and then this call of action to me at the end of it in her post. She said, go speak life over that baby. Go speak life. And um, it was so powerful. I have the chills now remembering it and I paused and I sat down at a bench and I took a deep breath and my whole body was shaking and I knew Rose was not dying but I knew I had to go in there and every part of me could have gone in there like a raging bull (laughs) I had the insults to come flying I had the mama bear instinct to just start grabbing things and doing things myself if I had to and I was ready to just go full force and just be done with this these phone calls this lack of information um, I took a very deep breath and speak life hit me so hard right where it needed to hit me first of all it gave me the authority and the power that I was going to go in there and I was going to do nothing but speak life for my daughter. I was going to do nothing but advocate for her needs. And I knew what they were. I knew what she needed. She needed respiratory support, possibly reintubation, and then we needed to get a surgery date. I knew what was happening. Um, That's all about her heart. I don't want to waste a lot of time on that right now, but her PDA was probably closing, and that's what I pretty much figured was happening. Plus, I know they kept rushing her off CPAP. She wasn't ready to be off CPAP. They kept trying her on an O2 cannula. So I kind of knew what was going on. They weren't to do that when I wasn't in the room. Um, I had a feeling they did that. They took her off CPAP, put her on an O2 cannula. Hopefully, hopefully they put her on an O2 cannula. Anyways, my mind's just racing, and they're the enemy, and I'm the victim, and Rose is the victim, and I'm just getting so worked up. Well, I sat on that bench just shaking. Um, Again, not because I believed that Rose was going to die. 
but I believed that she was wronged and I was wronged and I knew I had to go in there and set things right. And I prayed and I said, Lord, what do I do? I made it so clear. I typed up a plan. I taped things on her bed. I did everything right. I found a surgeon. I had a meeting just yesterday. I had people smiling and shaking my hand and saying no problem. And it just hit me that those were lies. So I sat there just not wanting to go into battle, not. And I said a prayer. And as I'm going up the elevator, speak life is just running through my head. And I just like gasp almost because I think, oh my gosh, speak life also means hold your tongue, be wise. The foolish man shouts and yells and causes trouble in his community. Um, Just all this scripture came flooding to me. Um, You know, just speak life also means you be positive, you hold your tongue, you trust the Lord, um, and boy, I was ready to just bring out my assertive skills. So by the time I get off the elevator, I'm just still saying, speak life, speak life. So when I get into her room, it's empty. (laughs) Her room is empty. The lights are off. Rose is in there sleeping. I look around no one's in there. Her sats are great. She's not on CPAP. (laughs) Um, She was on an O2 cannula. And then a bubbly, young, sweet nurse comes in. Hi, mom. I haven't met you yet. Uh, If you're not a hospital parent, you probably notice this when you take your kid to the doctor too, if you still have young kids. They call you mom, okay? That's just what they do. They call you mom. They don't know your name, (laughs) so they call you mom. And that's okay. I did that too at work. I would call some people mom. But anyway, so she says, Hi, mom. I haven't met you yet, but I met dad a couple days ago. And she's fixing her ponytail, and then she walks on over, and then she's like, Aww. She looks like she is sleepy. So I told her, somebody called me, and they said I better get here and bring her father and bring our pastor, and we'd be ready for Rose to pass because she wasn't going to make it. And she goes, hold on, let me check. So she leaves for a long time. Needless to say, I never saw her again. I never saw her again. She never was our nurse. I don't even know who she was, and I never saw her again. The um, unit director quickly comes in. And he says, yes, yes, yes. She desat to 13. Your blood saturation levels, we needed roses at that time to be low because of her unrepaired heart. So she needed to be like in the 70s, 80s. Now Rose needs to be above 92. But then we needed her in 70s, 80s. For her to drop to 13 means that her blood oxygen level, it could cause brain damage. That could eventually cause death. Um, It could cause her to code. Um, So he's telling me all this about 13. I asked if she was bagged. He said she was, but I looked for the wall and I saw no bag. Rose had been bagged many times, and so the bag's always laying there. So there was no bag. So I asked to talk to the nurse that bagged her, and he told me that it actually was 
um, I don't even remember what he told me. It was somebody. It was, oh, I think it was the RT. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And now I'm going too long. I'm getting lost in my own PTSD memories. Um, I'll make this quicker now. I'll wrap this up. But I'm sitting there and I am now very armed with anger and rage because we're no longer in technically life or death crisis. The protocol followed was um, very scary to me. So I look at Rose and I look at him and I said, you know what? She's not on CPAP. She needs to be on CPAP. She's going to desat if she's not on CPAP. And I need her, I need to be called the second an O2 cannula is put on her. And then I went quiet. So what started to happen at this point at Rose's three weeks of life is true color started to come out. True agenda started to come out. Um, when Rose was tiny, and I want to share this with all new parents, we were told to let her feed and grow. We were told that her heart may balance, which a lot of our friends hearts like roses have balanced and they're unrepaired and they're living good lives so I believe them on that however the moment Rose showed she was not balanced she needed care and they were just lack of a better word shining us um, just getting us through till they could get her on an O2 cannula and get her home in the speak life phrase I found a lot of empowerment and I wanted I wanted to raise my hands up um, evangelical Christian and all and start shouting you know praise God uh, um, heal this baby or don't touch my child or you know <laughs> whatever I wanted to say but speaking life really empowered me to stand there and not budge and stand firm and speak life for my child the other thing Speak Life did for me is it harnessed my tongue. And not good enough sometimes. Um, I used to get extremely assertive. I am actually kind of non-confrontational, even though um, some people don't believe that. It's true. I'm, I can be avoidant. I, I can. I, um, I can be avoidant dependent sometimes. So kind of wanting someone else to do it, make the decision not face a big problem so sometimes when I was alone in those rooms I did become passive and I did let them take the reins and I did just plain want to believe them so I took a deep breath and I said you know I speak life for my daughter and I just went on what she needed I said she's gonna be on CPAP until she gets repaired I need to know the date if you're not gonna do it we're going where we can and um, and so that's how I started speaking and you know what he just stopped he stopped, he stared at me, and he said, what's your background? What's your background? And I had had my OB say this to me um, before, and I've had um, other people say that to me before, all medical professionals. So the people in the medical profession have said that to me many times. What's your background? So I used to answer this real long answer and feel kind of honored and um, share with them, you know, my education, <laughs> that I have many kids, that I researched a lot, that I was a soft member. Um, I kind of watched and learned what worked, what they were impressed with and what they weren't. But at this moment, I didn't want to claim my profession or um, 
anything. I didn't want to claim any of that. I wanted to talk about Rose. So I said, I am just a mom. I'm just a mom. And I need agreement on these things or we're gone. So I'm going to, as far as Rose's life story, I'm going to end there about that because a different podcast, I will talk about her transfer. But she was three weeks old at this story. And then when I pick up again or the next time I'm ready to talk about it, Rose was six weeks when we transferred to fair care for her heart repair. Um, But at this point, she was three weeks. And at this point, Speak Life became my rock. So when I say Speak Life and when I throw it out after a poem I write or even put it on art I try to make, um, I say it at the end of um, a podcast or I say it on my website, uh, on my daughter's page. Speak Life means a lot to me. I had somebody ask me if Speak Life was a a pro-choice or pro-life, like a pro-choice slam. I've had people tell me that I rub salt in the wounds of parents that have lost their children. That um, saying Speak Life puts me in a political place and to stop saying it. It's not to say pro-choice or pro-life. Speak Life has been around um, long before Roe versus Wade, long before medical terminations. Um, Speak Life is about understanding the power of our words And it takes maturity and purposeful thought to harness your tongue. It is very easy for me to advocate and to get passionate about a topic. I wish it wasn't so easy for me to get offended because I wish it wasn't, but it is. It's easy for me to get offended. And usually when I'm offended, I then can just debate and defend myself and um, that's not the best way to do it but it is a way to take a breath and figure out what is this stirring up in me and Speak Life did all that for me Speak Life gave me the empowerment to leap out of my avoidant dependent role that I sometimes can have to be the good girl and when you have doctors and hospitals and hospital administration They can be very intimidating. When you have charge nurses and groups of nurses that don't like you, it's like high school. (laughs) When you have um, insurance companies telling you it's impossible. When you have family members just watching you like you've gone crazy, it's very hard. So Speak Life helped me to one, be mature in a situation that just evoked a total animalistic mama bear response in me, which is still there, by the way, and I never really fully got rid of it. (laughs) And um, Speak Life also is the whole different side. A parent that has chosen to deliver their child, we're in no way even discussing abortion. We're not even having the time to judge anyone. We're on a quest and a hunt and a search and a plea and a begging 
it becomes that's my baby. That's my baby. I had to start saying neonate to doctors and baby to the public because if you say baby and you leave out medical terms, you get the support in the heart of the public, including pastors and um, people, just lay people. So that's okay. You got to say baby. And then if you're in the medical world and you want to convince them that you know your stuff and that you know this neonate um, needs this, 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 might never walk, may never talk, has a zero IQ. Like they want you to rattle off all the negatives, all the terrible things, and then say, I will still take this child. And if you don't rattle off all the terrible things, they do. So I really, really believe speak life is also meaning do not put out there every single fear you have. Do not let every single worry live on your tongue and come out in your voice and become how others see you. So I often did not speak of Rose as somebody that would die or somebody that would um, never walk or this girl with a zero IQ or this girl that could not hear or this girl with a heart that was unrepairable. So as they said these things, they just ruminated in me and I almost uh, made a file of their words and my words. And I will tell you, it was so beautiful to just use their words Um, I do this a lot of my writing. I'll put quotes of what someone said. And it keeps the boundary of I heard it, I digested it, I see what I have to work with, but it's not my words. And they're not my words, so it keeps it out of my heart and mind. And that is where the empowerment comes. And to parents, to anybody, I want to offer you that because it's so powerful to not let somebody speak your life, your purpose, your existence, no one does. No one does. You own that. And speak life means that to me too. So I hope that makes sense. I'm, I'm very grateful for my friend who said, speak life, friend. I mean, she commanded it. She commanded it. She said, you speak life. You go speak life for that baby. I looked down the list and I so appreciate them. But so many people, oh, we'll pray. Oh, God's will, which I so appreciate. But man, when my eyes scanned down and I just saw, speak life, run to her bedside, throw your body over that baby, speak life for your child, you tell them what to do. Um, Boy, did that hit home. And I have said it to many. And I've said it to many people. And you know what? Those children live. I'm not saying everybody, but I am saying the power of speaking life and the power of speaking positive and the power of knowing your stuff, harnessing your tongue, learning what you need to learn. When you are quiet in the medical world, be taking in what is said. Look for what is unsaid too. And there is a way to speak life for your child that is considered incompatible with life. And there is a way to consult you might not be able to get out. Um, I help people or talk to people or meet people. Um, I wouldn't really say I help them because they then help themselves. But um, Canada, Philippines, England, um, where was, you know, just just everywhere. Uh, Australia, New Zealand. New Zealand's having a hard time. Um, So Ireland, oh my gosh. beautiful support for Rose in Ireland, but um, anyways, they might not have the, the luxury of heading out from California to Omaha. They might not, but they can speak life, 
and there's power. Um, I believe the Holy Spirit was a huge reason we got to Omaha and how Rose lived, but I will tell you the concept of Speak Live is a beautiful gift to me. I hope that answers um, some some uh, questions that I had gotten about why the heck I say Speak Life. And I want to thank anyone that listened this long. And I want to just encourage all parents with a little neonate right now. I want to encourage you to um, enjoy that dichotomy of Speak Life. I almost visualize a line going down a piece of paper. And on one side, Speak Life. And then below it, I would throw all the ways I can speak life. I could hold my tongue. I could not speak in rage. I could not speak in anger. I could seek out knowledge and wisdom before I speak. And then on the other side, an empowering calling to just speak life for my child to say that's not the way this works. She's a child of God. She's getting what the kid down the hall is getting. Um, This child matters. This child deserves it. It's okay for her to have an earthly life. It's okay as somebody that loves the Lord to trust his will and also speak life for your child. It is okay. Um, I just want to leave you guys with those words and hopefully that helps somebody today. I know I was really excited to share that and I'm really glad I got a chance to. All right, guys, take care. Have a good day. Thanks for listening.